0: Three, two, one, go! What's up, everybody? This is episode 97 of Cooldown Time. In this episode, we're discussing Sony's state of play, including Suicide Squad, Resident Evil 4, and more. Plus, our impressions of Atomic Heart, The Last of Us HBO series, mid-season review, the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, yeah, we said that, and Call of Duty coming to Nintendo. So let's introduce your two-man panel for the show. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco. Joining me
1: is the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I hadn't realized that my, I'm in my son's room, and I didn't realize that my son has taken a shit about 20 minutes before we started recording, and so this room smells uh, like shit because the Diaper Genie is uh, full. So, uh, coming to you from a shit-smelling room, ready to talk about uh, video games. Video games, I said that with a B. Wow, okay. Puerto Rican came out of me. It is the week already. <laughs> for the poor week.
0: <laughs> you really, How about yourself, uh, so, Marco? You are setting this the, the, the stage here. You're, you're painting a picture, Pablo. A, <laughs> shitty, a shitty picture. You were complaining oh, about Baby right. Formula before we recorded. You're going through it right now. You're dadding it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: I'm dadding it up yep that's right yeah uh but how about you man how, how you been
0: How's uh, pretty good for you yeah pretty pretty solid man uh I got a dentist appointment uh coming up here so I'm not looking forward to that so I'm trying to eat everything that is crunchy or spicy in advance so I'm I can feel better about eating my 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 gumby food as I call it because I'm just gumming it down Um mm-hmm. So I got all my all my shit ready for that. So I'm I'm pretty ready. I just always get a little leery about dentist appointments. But I'm not the only one that goes through that kind of thing.
1: Hell no. That's just
0: that's scary. Man, these people last time I went, they forgot to numb the bottom the bottom part of my teeth. (laughs) Yo, I was like, I could feel all of this. And they're like, You can? That that shouldn't be possible. We'll just keep going. (laughs) <laughs> it's like Okay great Malpractice I love it good I times. love
1: malpractice
0: Yeah So I felt every I'm piece about Of what they did
1: man. Quit the show In a couple of months Once he uh, Wins that suit and he's like, <laughs> I don't need guys <laughs> I'm you gonna be that babies. guy
0: You know those billboards We see Of like the, the cases that, that a, a law firm won And they're holding up This big check For like 8 million dollars And they're like smiling You're I'm like, gonna be yeah. that next guy I ain't gonna have No teeth in my mouth But I'll be that guy next You'll be that guy I'll be here yeah. uh, But doing pretty good though Uh We have quite a show uh, this week, Uh, dental stories aside. uh, Lots of interesting stories, interesting games, uh, interesting uh, checkpoint as well. Uh, The five best franchises that we respect, but we just don't get. And we think this is going to be an interesting topic that you're going to definitely want to stick around for. Uh, If that sounds good to you, ladies and gentlemen, you know what to do. If you haven't already done so, give our show a sub. We are right where you are listening to us right now, so you can follow us right there. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. We even have our own official website at cooldowntime.com if you want to find us there. And if you're feeling extra cool, we are also got some social media stuff going on on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive at its cooldown time if you want to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and kick the show off, Pablo, like we normally do with the games that we've been playing since our listeners last heard from us, which is called Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, so we have uh, a couple games to talk about this week, Pablo. If you don't mind, um, is it okay if I go first? I usually kick it over yeah, to you go first, for it.
1: but I'm no, gonna, go, no, go, I'm for gonna it. go
0: ahead and go first because I'm gonna. You got kinda, some newness in there. I do. I got some newness in here,
1: um, and I want to start and by f- kind of where I wrapped and, up last time, and out. for the first time ever marco is playing way more games than i i am at, at least well, within the week but i'm yeah
0: i'd be beating them games though so <laughs> spe- spe- <laughs> speaking of which uh rolled credits on hogwarts legacy um i think i totaled at about 34 hours or something like that so i got a good amount of game out of that game uh which i was pretty content with i think when it was ending i was kind of ready for it to start wrapping up and it did. Um, overall, I really, really enjoyed that game, man. That's, that was a really good game. Um, I loved a lot of things about it. I won't reiterate a lot of it from last time, but the gameplay was solid. The open world exploration was, was a good time. I liked the story for the most part. I think it did take a little too long to get up and running. And then towards the end, it just kind of, it feels like it ended before it really got going. And I, I wish it had kind of been a little bit more epic throughout the game. Um, I will say I think one of the side stories in that game is kind of better than the main story.
1: <laughs> um, Which one, and, Sebastian's?
0: Yeah, that story yeah. arc right there is is pretty incredible. There's a Slytherin yeah. side quest in this in this game. For those of you wondering, we're not going to get into spoilers about it if you're still working right. through it. But man, that um that story arc is probably one of my favorite side quests in a while
1: in a game. It's just really yeah, I, good. I you said how many hours take you? 30, uh, about 33, 34 hours altogether. Yeah, I'm at, I'm actually clocking in at thirty one, and I'm I'm at the end. I know that I'm at the end. Um, and yeah, that's Sebastian's mm-hmm. side story, and I like it because it bleeds into the main mission as well. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, man, they they did a really good job. But I totally agree with you. I think that even at the end, um, where I'm at now, where I'm starting to experience the end, there's a ramp up there for sure. But it just it, the beginning of that game is so epic in the way it starts, uh, and then. Everything in the middle is kind of just like it's 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 just you experiencing the game rather than experiencing the story, which is good because that's what that that they wanted you to do. But I wish there was a little more to the story for sure. I agree with you on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really my only big gripe. And even then, I I don't think the story is outright bad. I think it's just more of a momentum thing uh, than anything else. But I had uh, definitely um, very low expectations for that game. It surpassed almost all of them. And so I'm happy to say I had a really good time with that game for sure. But when I beat that game, Pablo, that kind of left a gap, you know, because yeah. that, that had occupied so much of my time. And I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? All right. Well, I find out, OK, Atomic Heart's here. It's out. Let me try that out. Let me see how I feel about it. Um, because, you know, I can play Metroid Prime Remastered, you know, in my sleep. I, that, that's not really a new experience for me. So I want to try something new. So I try that out. Oh, man. Um... This game's got a lot of problems. Um, got a lot of problems. I, I think conceptually, um, Atomic Heart's biggest problem is that I think it's severely unfocused. I think that it it feels like a game that is trying to be a lot of things. Um, it's trying to be like Bioshock. It's trying to be like Wolfenstein. It's trying to be um, this circa- 2008 bullet storm kind of irreverent humor type of thing along with that and it's also trying to be an environmental puzzle game and it's trying to be doom and it and it's there's just certain things that you have to do right for all of those things to come together the right way and this game does none of those things particularly well at all um, I think aesthetically in terms of the art style look and feel of the world and how well realized it is I think it's pretty cool but as soon as you pick up sticks so to speak and you start playing the actual game to me everything feels wrong the movement feels wrong it feels like you're out you're you're literally running around with two left feet because you just feel like very stumbly and there's some weird stuff they're trying to do with like realistic feet movement while playing the shooter you know a first person shooter that just doesn't feel right ever um, the the melee combat is awful. The shooting mechanics feel really weak and very floaty. Uh, the puzzles are terrible. Um, ammo is scarce, so there's a really bad balancing issue with that, where you're you're pretty much left with like one or two rounds of a weapon's ammunition at a time, and it's it's not the good kind of scarcity like a survival horror game would have. It's right. like the bad kind, where like this doesn't feel right at all, based on the amount of shit they're throwing at you with enemies and stuff. Um, bad stealth mechanics they try to do a little of that too it's just this this disgusting pot of gumbo of a lot of things they thought were going to be really cool uh, that just all fall flat in their own respective way and so it is um, mediocre at best but I think it's rough uh, is probably the the best way I would describe it Um, according to our you know cool down review scale I guess you know it's a rough time it really is from top to bottom (laughs) yeah Um, And it's something that I don't – I don't recommend you not try it out if you have Game Pass. You might as well. But I don't think you're going to get the kind of, ooh, it's Bioshock meets Wolfenstein thing because there's so many other things this game is
1: trying to do with that that just collectively all falls down. I don't – yeah – I don't even think it looks that interesting visually. I'm I, Listen, I have Game Pass. I'm a huge Bioshock fan. I'm a huge you know Wolfenstein fan. And I haven't even really... I uh, haven't even been tempted to try it. Um, you know, and there's a lot of stuff surrounding the game, too. The fact that it's kind of, of glorifying Soviet Russia in a moment where it wouldn't be most prudent to do that. Now, understanding they are Russian, or at least they're... Uh, they're they're in Moscow where they were, uh, so you know that's their that's their country. Sure, they want to to their countrymen, whatever. I get it, but it just feels weird because I, I I've seen some stuff where they never really talk about. Um, or give any kind of uh, commentary on Russia and, and, and anything that's happening. So, as a matter of fact, I think there's a line about when they start getting into that kind of Soviet stuff that the main character says, "Oh, that's all a whole bunch of political bullshit." Like they they, they don't mm-hmm. even want to get into it. And so that kind of stuff rubs me the wrong way a little bit as well, just in tr- circumstance that's happening. And obviously, there's a new thing that was discovered within. Uh, they have like cartoon reels. An actual racist cartoon reel was yeah. just showing off. Yeah, uh, so they had to ap- not good. Yeah, they did apologize for that, but had no comment on the Ukraine situation, which a lot of people have been... It's not their responsibility, but because of the fact that where they're located and what the game is about, it just feels a little weird that there's zero zero communication about that kind of stuff. So I hate to be that guy, but, I mean, there are certain controversies that we do have to speak out on, and I feel like that one's one of the ones that kind of rub you the wrong way just because how... Notchalant there being about the whole experience and then additionally I did some videos on the combat and the shotgun and they just felt like you're shooting pellets at people. None of it looked interesting. So... Suffice to say, I haven't even tried it, which is weird because it's on Game Pass. I play everything, and you I'm do. not even interested in in, in in touching this game. So
0: I'm surprised um, at your commitment to not play it, but I'm also I'm also proud of you a little bit there. You're yeah, just... I
1: mean, it, it's 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 less about my commitment not to play it, and more about the fact that I'm having such a good time with Ishing, and also yeah. Hogwarts is like right there. Uh, but then after that, I mean, there's stuff coming down the pike, and you know, I'm going through some. You know, it's been it's been it's been busy for me uh, yeah. in the last couple of weeks. So there's also that uh, and my son is g- getting into a place where he needs way more attention than just like, you know, so th- there's all that, all that. It's an amalgamation of all those things. But uh, no, nah, I don't think I'll maybe I'll, I'll 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 jump into it for a little bit if it's some downtime down the road. But as of right now, it's there's nothing about that that I really want to even yeah. want to mess with. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean. I think, uh, if anything, I mean, wait till some patches come out for it. Let's see if they can at least retune the balancing of the game and make it a little bit more easy to play. Then maybe it's worth looking at, but at in its current state, I think it's actually kind of a, a bummer that for a game that has a lot of style going for it, and I didn't even get into the voice acting and the, the oh, writing yeah. in this game. It is, it is abysmal. I mean, I, that Bulletstorm reference I made, it's that old, like... Mid two thousands, eat shit and die kind of era that they just brought back for no reason. I mean, your your main character is an insufferable asshole, and not the fun kind, not the funny kind. It's just like, why are you being a dick to everybody, dude? Like, there's no, there's no, it's not even earned. You don't even know why he's a dick. He's just a dick, and it's like, well, this isn't good. So, I think it's just it. It becomes a grading experience literally within the first hour, hour and a half, 'cause you're like, oh, the quality's not there. Oh, and it's fucking irritating to listen to this guy talk. That's great. Um, it's it's in that it's it's a little forespoken like too, because his hand is sentient and it talks like the, the bracelet she had in forespoken or whatever. And so it's it's that kind of weird dynamic too. None of it works, man. It's it's definitely a pass if yeah. uh, if you if you have other things that are more prudent for you to be playing play those things instead by all means um but that does bring us to the game that we're both uh we both have on the docket together which is like a dragon Ishin. so since atomic heart kind of didn't live up to expectations for me i kind of left the gap again and i'm like all right what am i gonna do um (laughs) i decided okay i'll try it out i know i was kind of a little hesitant because i didn't know how to feel about the combat system from the combat demo but I bought it anyway, and um, I think I'm about 10 or 11 hours in right now. Whoa. Yeah. Um, what I Well, what I did was I spent the first two or three chapters kind of feeling out the side content, seeing if I'm into that, because uh, usually that can be touch and go for me. I'm more of a mainliner when it comes to this series. Um, so I tried a lot of that. I went to the dojos, and I was you know kind of learning new skills and stuff like that. So I was really trying to play it almost like a samurai sim as as loosely as possible. It's not really made to be that kind of game, but you know what I mean? Um, And then I kind of got to the point where I'm like, all right, I've seen kind of what else is available, but I kind of want to get back on the main path now and just stick to that. Um, And plus I leveled myself up with all my combat skills enough to feel pretty safe for the moment. So I've been kind of mostly mainlining it ever since. um, And man, this is a good ass game. It's a good ass game um it currently I think if it stays on course it'll probably be in my top five of the whole series it could be top three I think it just depends on where the story goes but um I really love the combat system actually uh despite the doubts I had I think you're right about the tutorial I mean the the demo not being the best tutorial for the combat system because it just throws everything at you immediately whereas the game actually kind of builds you up and kind of teaches you as you go and once i've learned the ropes with the with the different combat styles i feel much more at home and i have my favorites now uh and and you know stuff like that so i am really enjoying the combat system a good deal um the main story i think is really good so far uh it is very much a yakuza slash like a dragon game to the same kind of uh maybe a little too familiar in some respects um Hmm. not enough to like dislike it, but like, okay, you made a spin-off and you're kind of telling a similar story that you've told in previous Yakuza games, yeah, yeah. like this person dies in the beginning, then you're on this quest to blah, blah, blah. It's very much the same kind of startup. So I'm hoping that, uh, as the game progresses, there's a little bit more deviation from the typical formula. And I'd say, um, the, uh, the, the world, um, in that era, I'm actually kind of surprised at how much of a historical game this is. I mean, obviously it's a spin on that. It's not like rooted in yeah. history, but it is, it is kind of using it as a base point. You know, you are getting All the a little characters bit of,
1: are real people. Yeah, right.
0: You are, you are getting it, but it's obviously very sensationalized for the sake of being a, a video game. But I was surprised that like, okay, this game needs a glossary, like to explain, okay, this is from this era and this is what this People were called back in the day. Okay, this this group was called the Shogunate back in whenever. So that kind of like those references kind of took me off guard. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, the one the one detriment
1: I I give it before I kick it over. I don't to know you. if you noticed. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know if you know. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. If there's certain words that come up and if there's a little uh, hamburger bar thing, if yeah, you hit yeah. it, it the glossary shows yeah, up. Yeah, that's and it what tells I mean. What those, yeah. Okay, I didn't even yeah, yeah. know
0: it did that. I'm like, that's, that's different. So, I, but yeah. I, I actually like it though. i I'm like, okay, this is more yeah, than yeah. just, we're going to do this, but like way back when, and there's actually, there's actually, some context there historically that I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, I will say this though, when it comes to the side missions, I said my piece about not being big on those overall, but my God, they try their asses off to get you to do some side quests. Like you yeah. will walk 10 feet And another side quest will open up and then you'll walk 10 more feet and then another side quest will open up. And it's like, stop trying to distract me from the story, dude. Like, I just want to play the main game. Um, So I think that can get a little irritating sometimes because when I want to go, I want to just go. And this game's like, no, wait, but there's these two people arguing outside and there's this kid's crying about wanting vegetables don't you care and i'm like no i kind of don't no not really uh no but you know overall though very small quirk uh there that i'd say doesn't really jeopardize my gameplay uh, experience so far really liking it a lot though man 10 hours yeah. deep having a good time but uh you've been playing more of it since we last uh recorded what We're are you young. thinking right now
1: yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I would say off the bat, I think that um, I think that like a dragon Ishin side quests are the weakest that I've experienced in a Yakuza game. Just uh, the very by the numbers. Uh, there's not there's not really a lot of quirkiness to it, which is fine. But I, I, I wouldn't say that they're the worst. I think I think the right term is they're just not good enough. Uh, to be a part of this Yakuza, kind of like when people talk about Yakuza, obviously talk about the melodrama in the story, but they are a lot of people praise the side quests, how weird they are, how kind of like uh, at times how good they can actually be. Um, and like you said, they are hit and miss though, so, but they, for me, across the board so far, all the side quests and all the side stuff are it, it's just not good enough. Um, but in terms of the whole story, I, I'm loving the story. Uh, it is very by the numbers Yakuza. My one thing about it where I wish was a little different is they do play archetypes with each of the characters from Yakuza series. I, like, I, I wish that uh, uh, um, Majima, Goro Majima, wasn't a sick, serial killing, you know, psychopath. I wish you played a different mm-hmm. role. Like, I wish they used those characters differently. Uh, but I guess there's a familiarity to that when each of those characters kind of play the the counterpart to the Yakuza game. Those, I wish they played a little bit with that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I've talked about the game already uh, in the last show, and and, and I, there's not much more to add other than I'm still loving it. I, I've come around to the combat. I said there wasn't cohesiveness there. There is. It's just that you have to get in your mind that this isn't that fast-paced, slick, you know, uh uh, melee action there's there's it's a more methodical way of of approaching combat you know there's there's definitely that so it's it's very samurai like samurai like in that way so you have to respect it for what it's trying to do and not play it exactly like you're playing other yakuza games uh so i in that in that uh respect i I'm, i am also enjoying the combat quite a bit i think the only things holding the game back from true greatness are the little PS. PlayStation 3 quirks that kind of stay behind like anytime you're in a close area the cameras abysmal uh, Some kind of jankness when outside of combat situations. Uh, the world is great It feels lived in but it just there's a lot of pop in. There's also just kind of like it just feels a little bland like graphically. It's, it isn't j- as good as other games uh, So I feel like a little bit of a mess But other than that it doesn't doesn't really take me out of the experience at all uh, but really I think what this game does better than most Yakuza games, it's and, and tell me if you agree or not, it's the pacing of the story. There's a lot of stuff in Yakuza games where there's like just lulls. I haven't really run into a lull. There's always something happening, something interesting. There's a there's a tension there because you are breaking into a you know you're trying to go undercover into something. So there's there's always that tension there as well. Um, so I feel like the pacing and the way the story is told is really interesting. And I did look up the characters, and none of what's happening has happened in real life. But the end results of each of those characters are actual, are real. Uh, so I like I like the fact that you know uh, your character is leading. I, I forget his name. Real mom uh, Yeah. But the Reoma was the, uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. is the Ishi one, right? He the real life counterpart of that did end the Shogun. He was one of the guys that helped end. the Mm. the samurai era and so there's there's a lot of that context in there which is really cool uh but yeah man this is a wonderful game those developers they 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 know what they're doing with this yeah they're in their bag
0: they're in their bag they're
1: in their bag they've been in the bag for years i think since zero since six came out uh for me uh that's when they they really lifted and i think uh zero and then everything else that came after it it's just honestly who can take a is out of who can take a april fool's joke and make a full-fledged game out of it and uh, with this <laughs> like a, yeah. yeah and then, and then uh, uh, honestly man this is this is one of the better games i've played this year and i've played a lot of good games so i can't wait to see where this lands in end uh, of a year talks but yeah uh that's where i'm at and that's all i've been playing really besides hogwarts legacy which i have not much to add to that so
0: gotcha all right man Well, I think that'll do it for loadouts this week. We have a pretty jam-packed Hit Points news segment of the show, so why don't we go ahead and shift gears and jump into those topics right now. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, so we have four Hit Points to discuss this week, Pablo, and the first one on the docket is, of course, about Sony's state of play. Um, So, you know, about a 40-ish minute state of play saw some stuff um you know normally our usual protocol is state of play usually is our checkpoint topic because it's 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 normally got a lot of stuff to unpack a lot of layers to it this time around i think the reality of the situation is this state of play was just it was it was boo-boo uh, it was just <laughs> not a good time, man. Um, and we'll get into more about the overall state of play. We'll give a great to it at the end of this, obviously. But um, there were some highlights or just some topics that I thought this would be interesting um, to to kind of go over together. Um, and and the first one, I think, it, it's it's surrounding PSVR two. You know, they they showed five games that was announced and arriving later this year. Uh, In in those games, whatever, I'm not really super concerned about those specific games. What I really wanted to do was have a bit of a dialogue with you about what we think it's going to take for PSVR 2 to succeed. Um, You know, obviously their projections kind of weren't um, as high as they had started about how well this was going to sell. It's already kind of not a big topic um, as it is. But you know they're trying to put some games in front of us through this state of play. And what do you think about all this? What is it? Yeah. What is it going to take for this for this device to get off the ground?
1: Yeah, show me five games that look good. I mean, I, I here's the thing: when I saw Half-Life Alex uh, being shown a couple of years ago, that really, and I'm not a PS, and I'm not a VR guy, that really. Mo- that really, I really wanted to get into that game, and then the way you could play it was it with it was a Oculus Rift, which is like a seven hundred dollar piece of equipment. <laughs> Plus, you need an incredible, massive monster PC to play it. So obviously, the barrier entry was something that I couldn't get into. But if the if this was a hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred, three hundred dollars barrier of entry to get for me to play Half Life Half-Life Alex, I would probably have a VR system in a corner somewhere collecting dust after I beat Half-Life Alex. But my point is there is a way to get gamers like us into VR they just have to have things that are of quality I feel like they understand this is a niche product a project a product and because it is a niche product that they're not putting a hundred percent efforts behind the software when it comes to PSVR and thus they're getting this weird kind of cash 22 nobody wants to buy a product so we can't put a lot of uh, high uh, budgets into development of projects therefore not all people are buying your product so it's just a weird gap plus PSVR 2 is absolutely ridiculously expensive especially when you have a meta quest something that obviously there's there was a, a comment that came out by meta quest saying oh we're happy to announce that 47 of the 49 titles on the psvr 2 are a meta quest 2 so it's it's one of those like kind of backhanded uh compliments where it's like well i can just spend 150 to 100 on a meta quest and play all these games so it's just it's a, it's they it just they underestimated the market i guess right now i would have to say something at the caliber. Of Half-Life, Alex has to come out, and not just a one-off. It has to be a, a high caliber of releases across the board uh, that really would get me even to kind of think about getting into PSVR. But honestly, it's a niche product, and I think they underestimated even that. And I don't know if there's much that they can do outside of creating incredible games just like there is just that's the resolution for any uh, piece of hardware that plays games make great games and people will buy your system but that's not what they're doing here and those five PSVR 2 games that they showed were mid as fuck they were just mid and it's just it's unfortunate so um, I don't know if this uh, to kind of and, and my my uh, diatribe here I don't know if there's anything they can do specifically to entice anybody other than just put some real effort into the software which besides Call of the Wild I I don't think they're really interested in doing... I'm sorry, Call the Mountain. I don't think they're really interested in doing, uh, honestly. And even that, even Call the Mountain, seems fine. Like, you know, it just... I don't know. There's just something about it that wasn't really hidden with me either. But what do you think, Marco?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it really does come down to to software at the end of the day. And if all you're going to show... I mean, listen, the novelty that they're trying to sell people on is the same novelty that they were trying to sell us on years ago with the first Mm -hmm. VR. Wouldn't it be cool if you can do the shooting yourself and feel like you're really there? Like, maybe, I guess. <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, it's it, it would be fine. But the, the, the problem is, is that when you're building games around that novelty, they're not going to be as d- uh, in-depth as a regular video game is. They're not going to be as long. They're probably not going to have as much replay value. And as we saw through these five games as just a snapshot, they're not going to look as good either. Um, those games look like shit. Nope. I yeah. mean, literally, just graphically, they looked like shit. They look terrible. And unfortunately, when you're charging as much as they're charging for a PSVR 2, I think people want, if you're going to try to immerse me in a world, right, with through the use of VR, I would like what I'm looking at to look good. Yeah. Or else it's I just going to kind of take me out of the experience. Now, that's not to say that Half-Life Alex looked photorealistic. It didn't. It had an art style of no. its own, had the Half-Life yeah. look, but it worked. Resident Evil, you know, back in the day, uh, Resident Evil 7, it worked because it's yeah. Resident Evil and, you know, it felt like it had atmosphere to it. This This bullshit they showed. I mean, it looks like a, v- a fucking VR training simulation with one game. The other one, yeah. some of the worst character models I've seen for the last five six years.
1: Yeah, foglands. I mean,
0: why would I Green want Hell. to? Why would I want to put a visor on and go see that? Like I am there. Why, okay, I could see the ugliness of that game up close and personal. I'd rather not. You know, like yeah. the reality is, is that people have um, a lot of people who are fortunate enough to have pretty good TVs and were had the means to afford a console are pretty much set. You know, you're getting you're getting through just those two things alone. You're getting the best visuals through your TV and with the uh, console hardware and you're getting the best quality games. So if you're not going to give me an incentive to add this other element, PSVR 2 into the mix, um, I just I have no reason to believe in it. And I think the other part of it is marketing. They have not they have not marketed this thing very well, if at all. It's it feels like an afterthought when they show these games off. It's like, let's just get these PSVR 2 games out of the way and then we'll show some other shit in the state of play. It just felt like, let's get this over with. And if that's your energy, whether it's intentional or not, I don't really care because it doesn't seem like you do either. You know what I mean? So I think that the solution for that part of it is dedicated state of play is for PSVR 2. Yeah, Do do that. Because if you... uh, because what they did with this state of play is not—it's it, not working. Because all it was to me was like, okay, let me sit through these ten minutes and then wait for shit that I might care about more because it's actually PS Five regular games. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: That's, li- that's literally what I did. I just was like, yeah, I was it was like my a diaper. It was a, the first... it was a yeah,
0: it was an early piss break for me that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah, great. So yeah, I mean, they got a long road ahead. Uh, I won't lie. Uh, it, it, I don't think that they're gonna do a lot of good until they drop the price. Um, and they start putting some compelling shit on that, on that device, man.
1: It, it It's just so frustrating, too, because it's like right now Xbox is going through a lot of stuff. And, and they're not exactly putting themselves in, in, in a position to win the console wars, for lack of a better term. And PlayStation is out here not having to do much. And then they... It's just like a rare miss for them. And it's, it's mm. just so frustrating. It's like if you didn't have any of these things happening, like you guys would just... Smooth sailing like for for the rest of the uh, mm-hmm. cycle. So it's just it just weird stuff like this. It's like kind of always like, oh, yeah, it, it feels like they only have this back. thing
0: out for like market share. Like we just want to get yeah. a piece of the pie of, of yeah, you yeah. know, this this area of gaming. And it doesn't feel like they have mm-hmm. a lot of thought or effort put around it, at least right now. No.
1: Yeah. But
0: let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 was getting some headlines, Pablo. Gets announced yeah. at the state of play, coming to PlayStation 5. We're like, oh, damn. That's interesting. What about Xbox? And there was a little bit of a confusion about all that for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could probably explain it better than me, Pablo. So kind yeah. of walk people through kind of where we're at now as far as that whole story arc goes about. Is it coming to Xbox or why or why not?
1: Okay. So it's, it's been a little weird because the uh, director of publishing has said that there is an the Xbox version and it is coming out. Uh, on on Xbox consoles, Uh, there was a comment made that he's trying to walk back very aggressively, and it's that in order for them to release the game on the Xbox platform, they need to have parity between the Series S and X, and they were having trouble running the split-screen co-op. So obviously, what's holding it back? The X isn't holding the S back. It's the other way around, sure. but So because of that, and because that was something that he wasn't supposed to say, He's going into the specifics of his um, the specifics of what he's wrote and saying I never said it was yes I never said that it was delayed I just said that we have to work it. so basically end of the day August 31st the PlayStation 5 version is coming out and the Xbox version is coming out maybe uh, that's literally where we are right now there is an Xbox version they are working on it uh, is it coming out August 31st all we know is that PlayStation 5 version is coming out August 31st and the Xbox version, it's coming out, maybe. Uh, that's literally where we are right now, and so I know that uh, Jess Corden uh, got some shit for it because he kind of called them out on it. They responded to him saying, "Oh, well, that's not. We never said it wasn't coming out. We just said it. We don't know when it's coming out, and it's probably coming out thirty first, maybe." So they're just non-committal at this point, and I think really what they're doing is they're walking back the fact that the that Xbox seemingly is telling everybody who makes a game that they have to run their game with parody with the S and X. And which is something we saw, and I was telling Marco off, off a show, is that the the uh, Halo co-op split screen stuff was canceled outright, and which seemed really weird to do, specifically since obviously the Series X can handle it, but obviously, that's a staple of the Halo franchise. And it looks to me, this is just me personally saying what I think it is, is that the S couldn't handle it, therefore, they scrapped it because their ethos is it has to run on both. Uh, which is concerning for the future of Xbox, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but yeah, that's where we are. I mean, it's, it's funny that a game like Baldur's Gate would be the thing that kind of break this open. Uh, I—I'm Larian Studios is a studio that makes incredible uh, RPGs, and I probably should have those in... Uh, uh, best franchises that I just that I respect that I don't get, uh, but um, I, I am kind of looking forward to Baldur's Gate, even though it looked a little bit not great graphically. The art style is not the best, but I am looking forward to to, to, to what they have to bring uh, with that series. So it's weird that even though it's not like a huge uh, huge game comparatively speaking, it's a game that kind of is breaking this open for Xbox. And I hope that it, for it works out for the best. I think I hope that Xbox kind of comes too, and like they're gonna have to start realizing that maybe the S is is, is, is it was a good start-off point for a lot of people, but I, I, when we're going to get deeper into the series, there's just no way, and into the console cycle, there's just no way the S can be in parity with the Xbox Series X. It's just no way.
0: Yeah. You think about games like Starfield off the bat, you're like, how? How, how? man? Right. I mean, yeah. if they can only get to 30 frames on the Series X, like what?
1: I mean, how far is well, see, the resolution going to drop? You know what I mean? But now I'm thinking... Now I'm thinking maybe they they can do better on the X Series X, but because they have to have parity between both, that maybe the mm. S is holding back the X version yeah, of that game. That's possible. Maybe. I don't know. Man, well, it's not the popular possible, thing but- to say,
0: but the, it, there's a I, I've I've maintained that from day one. You know, I think a lot of people yeah. are like they cape really hard for Series S, and hey, I think it's great from a budget standpoint. Like it's a good yeah. entry point. Um, even my dad is contemplating getting one because uh, yeah. he wants to get into gaming again, and he's trying to figure out the best approach to do that. And I'm like, well, you don't need a Series X. A Series S is right up your alley. It's you know, he's not a graphics right. horror or anything like that. I'm like, you can get something like this and wait till it drops to like two fifty or something, grab it. Um but you are gonna have to I think there's gonna be an inevitable asterisk that comes with games that are running on Series S after a while. Um they and have to. you have to make concessions of okay, we're probably not gonna get a lot of 60 FPS games in the future. If we do, the resolution is going to be butt cheeks, um, unless there's some kind of technical wizardry going on. Disturbing um, stuff, yeah, yeah. So I think it's it's definitely a factor, even if it's not the popular thing to say. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, as far as Baldur's Gate goes, I'm really just glad that they've kind of rebounded from the whole Stadia issue. Uh, you know, a oh, lot, yeah, of people, lot of people don't remember that 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 agreement, and it's like. I am so glad they they are kind of surfacing out of that nonsense, and they're okay, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, look, I mean, I'm just glad it's coming to consoles. I have no issue with it um, coming to just PlayStation. If it comes to just PlayStation, I have no issue with it coming to all consoles. If it comes to all consoles, I think at the end yeah. of the day, where it, it, rare... it, it comes down to wherever they whatever they can do with their manpower and their budget and That's what it is, you know? So, if if the Xbox version comes out later, then it comes out later. If it doesn't come out at all, it doesn't come out at all. I mean, ultimately, not everybody can afford, literally, to make games on every console.
1: Yeah, and... And they and they said that they are making it. They are. It is being made side by side with PS Five. So that's not that's not the issue. And then people want to blame PlayStation and say, "Oh, see another game that they're blocking for Xbox after all this, all the shit they talked about." They're not. They said very clearly, "There's no exclusivity uh, uh, agreement. It's just the fact that they can't run split screen right now on one of the consoles." I wonder which one that is.
0: (laughs) It ain't the Switch, baby uh <laughs> Switch. Um, let's move on to uh I, originally i had street fighter on here but i think uh, all i can keep saying is what i've been saying is that i don't plan on buying the game but damn does that game look good um yeah, but i i scrapped it because i think we should probably talk about resident evil 4 uh got a new trailer Be- got, got a chance to see a lot of stuff there um before
1: you before we go there i what? do want to shout out um humanity uh, you which like is that? the game? Yeah, because it. Uh. You know, I'll tell you why. It's because it's a game that it was made by the people who did uh, Tetris Effect, which was like in a Res super infinite. Yeah, uh, infinite, yeah, uh, yeah Res Infinite, which is like the super chill vibey ass game that you can just kind of vibe out to them. Uh, the, it looked. This is look cool. It, it, maybe maybe it's at Stockholm Syndrome where everything looked like trash, and so this look, this was a shining thing in the middle, and then the one game that sounds like a sneeze. Uh, chia,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's a chia. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, that game is coming out. A on, pollen ass uh, game,
0: pollen allergy <laughs> ass game, a little sniffle ass game. Out
1: on the, it's so stupid. <laughs> I only shouted that out because it's coming out on PlayStation uh, Plus. The what are the tiers that they have? I don't even upper know upper
0: respiratory infection ass game. Let's <laughs> let's, just, let's keep going, man.
1: I want to talk about Resident Evil
0: yeah. Four. Fuck all that. Oh hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we saw Resident Evil 4's trailer. I don't know if I needed to see this trailer. I already believed. Absolutely not. I was confident. I had faith. Um, but it just, man, it looked really good. We got to. See, uh, we got some 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 character cameos. One in particular people have been asking about is Krauser. P- is Krauser in the game? He's Krauser's here. in the game. He's there. All right, and uh, got a chance to see some other he's, stuff too. Um, so I'm Krauser. He's Krauser. I'm um, I'm so hyped, man! I'm ready. Demo also possibly coming. I'm not gonna play the demo soon. though. I'm
1: not touching that. I don't give a fuck. No, I don't do that. Um, yeah, this looked awesome. Like I yeah I was like like Marco, I was really excited for it. I thought that this was gonna be awesome. Anyway, but this trailer was like when this came on. I'm like, yo, this looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait for this. I'm not but again. Completely, wholly, absolutely unnecessary. Yeah, I uh, was already to sold. out here.
0: It's already pre-ordered yeah. on my on my PlayStation. Um, all right, let's talk about Suicide Squad kill the Justice League, bro. Um, yeah, I mean the title of this episode says it all. Um, <laughs> this this game looks terrible. Um, I don't even know where to begin, dude. I mean. There's a lot of things this game embodies um, in a lot of ways. It, it represents the way that comic book games are kind of being overrun and, and kind of over overdone. It represents the trends of the industry with games as a service and the way that that's being injected into so many things in such an unnecessary fashion. And then you just have... Um and this kind of ties into the first two things, just a lack of fresh ideas as well. I mean void of ideas. There's so many things wrong with this game from top to bottom that it's it, it really could have been a checkpoint topic, but I don't think we want to go that long talking about a game we're we're probably down on. Um yeah man i don't know what's going on at Rocksteady, man but I, the, the suspicions that i had a couple months ago about something being really up and wrong people departing the studio and you know all the years of you know rumors of canceled projects and stuff like that it's starting to show up right now this this looks like a game that's been tinkered with by a lot of different people too many cooks in the kitchen let's make it a live service game it it looks bad um the jumpiest game I think I've seen this side of Jumping Flash. Every It's like <laughs> this just game is Jackman. allergic to the ground. All you do is you just take these big, massive fucking Neo in the Matrix jumps into the sky. You float in the air and you fucking They're shoot very- purple blobs
1: with They're a shotgun. A prototype.
0: Oh, my God. It reminds me of all kinds of nightmarish games. <laughs> but I like Prototype, though. But yeah, it is... It is um, it is atrocious to look at, man. Um, the I don't know a lot about comic book characters per se, but I've heard, why are you giving this guy a shotgun when he is boomerang so kind of things? He, and so there's a lot of inconsistencies with how they're repurposing even the characters themselves into this type of gameplay format.
1: And that's kind of where I was coming into this, where it, it, the way I was thinking about it, when you have Spider-Man gardens of the galaxy, you got all these other superhero games that are coming out. One of the things that those game, they do well is that they put you in the, the immerse you in that character and what that character does. Spider-Man swings and the way he fights the gardens of the galaxy, each of those characters being ind- individual and unique and, 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 kind of being their counterpart of the comic books in the film. And then you have Suicide Squad. And, 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 and just to give kind of Rocksteady their, their, their flowers, Batman. You felt like Batman playing the Arkham series games. Absolutely did. And then you have Suicide Squad, Kills Justice League, where Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Boomerang, King Shark, all of them have... Uh, like one thousand feet vertical jump, they all can f- maintain be in the air and, and kind of suspend themselves in the air. Harley Quinn is basically Spider Man. Uh, one I think King Shark has a, a a jet pack out of nowhere. It's silly. It's it, it's it's all all each of these characters seemingly have different skins and different animations, but ultimately play exactly the same. There is a specific kind of. Of combat system they have in place and you it's not very versatile like you can't play from the ground you, it's only from the ground you have to it's very vertical the game's very vertical that's something i guess they were trying to do but it just doesn't feel it doesn't look good one and you know I don't feel like I'm playing any specific character, any famous character. I'm not f- like Harley Quinn or anything like that. I'm just playing different skins of different characters doing seemingly the same thing, just jumping in the air and like su- suspending themselves in the air somehow. And like you said, uh, Captain Boomerang, all of them wielding like various amounts of guns and, mm-hmm. and, and, and things that really don't make sense to their character. Uh, it, it's just a super... Weird, and you're not going to tell me, not say here, Roxy not going to say here and tell me that they worked 10 years on this game. This no. looks like something they put together out of a whole bunch of ideas that they might have had in the past and kind of came in together, like, let's make some money, game as service. Because this looks, it, it looks graphically, it doesn't look great in, in game. The, the cutscenes look awesome, I will say that. But in terms of like the gameplay, doesn't look very good, and the the graphical and and kind of the world itself. They don't look good. Nothing looks good in this game. It's just, mm-hmm. it's 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 a weird. I want to know the story behind this game. I, I want the Jason Schreier, uh, a book on on what happened yeah. here because that shit. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Man, you see the menus when they show like the weapon yep. damage and then they got the different this is the legendary loot and purple and it's like, oh yeah. my god, we're back to this again with another fucking superhero game. Did you not learn from Marvel's Avengers that this doesn't work?
1: Yeah. And even that game, each of those characters play differently. They play like their counterpart. Like even that game had that going for it. This one doesn't do that either. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's it's just so bizarre. I mean, listen. To me, this game was in state of play for a reason. This extended look on Sony's state of play was for a reason. They paid that money. Gotta pay it because I think they... Somebody knows there in in Rocksteady, we're not really winning people over right now. That that leaked image that came out, that kind of fucked us up, we need to... We need to get, we need to nip that in the bud and sell this game the right way. Get as many eyes on it as possible. Well, state of play usually has X amount of millions of viewers. Blah blah blah. Let's let's talk to Sony. Um, so this felt a lot like damage control, and, it, and, and the reason why it did is because when they brought the developers on, like in that second half of the of the uh, the extended look, and they're all just sitting on a fucking couch talking about how awesome they think their game is. Um, <laughs> that to me was like, yeah, they're nervous. Because you don't, you're not putting. uh, It's not like an Xbox Direct, right? Where like you see people from studios sitting down talking about their game. Like that felt like there was some nervous energy there. Like we got to really make this thing seem really cool um, because people are already leery about it being a games of service. So,
1: but what's even what's even weirder is like uh, uh, Sefton Hill open the video up like hey guys this is a game he's not even with he's not even with the company anymore yeah. he he left so how long was this video made for like uh, I, this is bizarre, so much dude. so much weird stuff happening around this yeah. game where you it's got, like it doesn't make any sense
0: you got this girl telling you at the end of it it's everything you want it's got everything you could ever want <laughs> oh does it <laughs> does it well let me count the ways yeah, uh, yeah I'm at zero actually in my count it's, it's just listen it, it the people that are down for this are going to probably you know defend this game to the to the very end I, much like the people the small people group of people did for like Marvel's Avengers but i think you look at the like to dislike ratio on youtube and you know just the overall sentiment here it, it's this this kind of game has got to stop being made uh, especially for comic book games enough stop
1: a thing that bothers me a little, though, is when you go on the on the socials, is there uh, p- professionals and, and, and just Twitter users alike are almost trying to grade this on a curve. Like, but it is a game at service game, so we can't really expect it to be this. Ep- yes, we can. We absolutely can. Like, what about a game at service? Does it mean that uh, we have to hold back what our expectation is for a v- good video game? Why would we want Rocksteady to deliver a game that doesn't feel like a Rocksteady game? Well, like, Why would we want? To- yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just it's a very weird approach in some aspects to, to how people are talking about this game where I guess you know when when the internet is up in arms about something there's going to be certain contrarians that have to say something just because for clicks or because maybe they've been conditioned to like if the if Twitter says it's bad that means it's good type of thing so maybe mm-hmm. that's what's happening but ultimately for me like you can't grade any game on a curve it, like if this is even if it is a game at service look at Destiny 2 like the uh, people beloved game uh, Game as service, there's no really like people grading on the curve. I mean, shooting in that game is great. You know, there's a lot of things going on for that game that are great. So, well, not you, only that, but like 70 bucks game. is still 70
0: bucks. Yeah, doesn't matter you, what exactly, genre of a game exactly, it is. Exactly,
1: exactly. You can still make a good game and it still be game as service without any kind of uh curve in terms of when you're grading it. So, yeah. it's it, it's it sucks. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think, yeah, between this Gotham Knights and Marvel's Avengers. I'm waving the white flag here. Enough. Stop. Let's just...
1: But then again, I mean, I I don't think... I I just think converting these games to something that we're better suited for something else is Mm -hmm. where we got to stop because again Guardians of the galaxy spider-man those games we love those games Mm -hmm. man and and they're not trying to nickel and dime you they're just trying to tell you a story about a a well-established character and make you feel like you're playing as that character that's all we want from these games yeah
0: honestly yeah they don't feel like business strategy the game you know, like yeah. it just—it feels like an yeah. earnest fucking video game that just, you know, yeah. is successful because it's a good game and it's a license you love. Man, who would have thought something that simple as a formula would be successful? Wow. Yeah. Um, but let's makes move you on. Makes nervous. Man. Yeah, makes it does. You nervous. Let's give a quick road grade road. though to State to Play though, man. Let's get let's drop grades yeah. real fast. I'm going I'm going D minus here. I thought this was a pretty yeah. awful one. Uh, for right there with many you. reasons that we don't have time to get into because we want to move on. But I just thought this was a flat, uninteresting borderline unnecessary state of play that should have probably not happened uh, or have been this long, if this is all they had to show, yeah. personally. What about you?
1: Yeah, right there with you. D-minus. Um, Hesitant to give it an F just because, you know, they did show some stuff. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, D-minus for sure. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let's move on to the second hit point news item, Pablo. That is
1: you. So go ahead and tag in and walk yeah. us through it. According to the VGZ podcast, which had their first episode uh, last week, Konami is planning to reveal the remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater A3, along with the return of Castlevania. Rumor has it the Castlevania game is the furthest along uh, compared to Snake Eater. Boo. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, what we do think... What, What? Wait. What do we think about the news, Marco? I don't know how to read. Uh, uh, what will it take for Konami to kind of nail this remake? Both of them, actually, or uh, the DS one. Uh, and and yeah, what, not... they, what do they need to do with Castlevania to make it good? Because I, one thing I don't want to see is God of War Castlevania. Like I don't. That'd be weird. I don't need that. But what I'm saying is, is, is like it just looks like God of War, but it's Castlevania. Like I don't want to yeah. see
0: that. I don't know. I I don't have enough of an affinity for Castlevania to really speak too much on Castlevania, to be honest with you. Um, I've enjoyed the games a lot over the years, but I fell off of them just because I found the Metroid formula to be more interesting, and I think they've been surpassed by Hollow Knight. So I I don't know. I think they just got a... Hollow Knight. (laughs) Hollow (laughs) Knight. (laughs) <laughs> I, had to, I, had, I had to do it. You you started that. Um, no, I think that they just need to make a solid ass Castlevania. That's that's really what it is for me personally. Just make a good Castlevania game that feels like uh, it it doesn't feel like they're shaking off the rust, but that it actually feels like it's it's it never left. And I think it'd be okay. Snake Eater, obviously, it's more dicey because of the Kojima factor. He's not there. Uh, Metal Gear's been dormant for a long time. It's resurfacing. What are we in for here, right? I think the thing about Metal Gear Solid 3, and, and I've, you know, me and Pablo have had some offline banter about this. I am not, I, I think Metal Gear Solid 3 is, a, is an amazing, masterful video game. But I have called that game Menu Gear Solid 3 for quite a, t- uh, a time uh, over the years. And that is because I think Snake Eater was the first time where I felt like Kojima's ideas versus his execution were not in line with each other because everything he wanted to do conceptually couldn't be done uh, organically through just playing the game regularly. You had to keep stopping and going in the menus. And I felt like that game was menus, 30% of the way through your playthrough. You got to change your camouflage, you got to go to the menus. You got to change your face paint, you got to go to the menus. You broke a bone, you got to go to the menus. You got bit in the ass by a wasp. You got to go to the menus. You, what, you <laughs> well, Are you I hungry? What? Are you hungry? You got to go to the menus. It's you got to go to the menus, the game. And it's like, man, it's just start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Because you have to keep going in and changing something. Like I remember when you know I'd be on a patch of grass and I'd have a certain camouflage on that worked best with it. And then I'd crawl a few feet. I'd be in like dirt. And then my number was would preserved. drop. Then I got to go yeah. in the menu, change into something that works for that, crawl 10 more feet. I'm back in grass again. I got to go back in the menu and change into camouflage. So like I say all that to say they need to streamline a lot of that. And I don't know if that means you got to cut some of that out or if through time you can figure out an easier, more seamless way to add that st- keep that stuff in without having to stop and go into menus to do it. Um, that to me is the big thing because that was, that just broke the pacing of the game for me. And I've said that even back then, um, to me where you remember like MGS one and two, you didn't spend a lot of time in the menus at all. If anything, it was just a lot of codec calls, but you had codec calls, you had camouflage, food, healing, and your backpack. You had to go in your backpack to put stuff in your inventory, into your backpack it, everything was so menu-heavy, and that's got to change for this remake if they want it to be modernized, in my opinion. But that's just me.
1: Yeah, I <clears throat> I think there's, there are purists out there who will say that that's part of the, the charm of the game and how, in terms of, like, when Kojima did this, it's, like, it's, quote-unquote, realistic. Uh, I am not one of those people. I love... It's my favorite Metal Gear game, but I am not one of those people that think that the menu-driven stuff is, like... Part of the uh, of what makes that game good. It's it's all about the story, the the, the boss fights, and, and that's kind of where I'm at with that game. So, and they, if they streamline that shit, that'd be amazing. Here's my problem with that: is you alluded to it in the beginning. Is Kojima is no longer there, so now they're essentially changing uh, a core part of the game, and now we have to trust whoever's making this to do a good job that's of that. Point. So, if Kojima was there, and kojima was like, "Hey, uh let's go ahead and streamline it," and he was responsible for that i would feel a more comfortable because i'm sure that he has ideas as to how to make you know uh streamline the game like he's become more gameplay conscious with metal gear solid 5 where you see that that's one of the best like playing games i think uh that they've come out of the last couple of decades story sucks but um i think he's become more conscious when it comes to gameplay and i think he would have ideas to make that work uh but uh, you know that's not where we are right now so I'm excited for it. It's my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, it is my favorite Metal Gear Solid game. I'm excited for the remake. I do think, and this is kind of controversial for those who are Snake uh, Eater fans like me, I do think it should have probably been Metal Gear Solid 1 from PlayStation 1 to have been remade. I think it needs it the most. Uh, but... I'm not going to complain. Uh, but if this turns out to be true and we get a Snake Eater 3, I'm extremely happy. I would be happy even if there's the menu-driven stuff. I know Marco would not be uh, about that. But yeah. if they're able to kind of make that work even though you do have to go in the menus, I'm okay with that. It's not a deal-breaker for me, though I understand your frustration on that. But I would be very happy if they streamline it and it they do it in a way that actually works. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, as for Castlevania portion of this, I'm with you. not a huge Castlevania fan. I just, I just would like to see something that's a little bit more... Um, I don't know, more true to the game itself and hopefully it's just not a third person action, you know, whatever kind of gotta of work comparatively speaking, kind of game. I hope that they really find something uh to to make here sure that, that they just make us another solid like Castlevania game like you said. But yeah, we'll see what what what, what happens here in E3 if this if this uh comes out to be true and if what they changed with Snake Eater and mm-hmm. if it's going to be something interesting. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Konami comeback, man. Silent Hill, Snake Eater potentially, Castlevania. Let's see if they yeah. can hold their own, man. It's going to be an interesting yeah. time. Uh, and, and I
1: think one of the reports was is that this was a, the Snake Eater portion of it was a testbed for future Metal yeah, Gear Solid games. Yeah. Which I, which I think is kind of silly. A testbed. Like people want Metal Gear Solid games. I don't, I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think that Metal Gear Solid 3 is going to come out and, 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 not do well. Yeah. Uh, what, personally,
0: what I'm worried about is they're going to, you know, if they screw up the remake, I don't want them yeah. to blame it on demand, you know, like it, no, it was probably your fault because you fucked it up. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't want it to turn right. into an excuse later because, oh, well people were just mad because Kojima's not on the project. No, it's because, you know, it, hopefully this doesn't happen, but it might be because you fucked up the remake all by yourself and, you know, you, yeah. you tampered or, with too much. Or, you know what I mean?
1: Or not good enough. Right. It just isn't generally a very
0: solid remake. You know, no pun intended. But, um, well, we'll see, man. (laughs) We'll see. Um, Zero pun intended on that one. hundred percent.
1: But still pun intended, though.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears. Uh, Uh, You got to get. Yeah, man. That that, that was intentional. Uh, Let me let me tag back in, man. Let me tag back in. Microsoft president. Brad Smith. Bradley has announced Brad. that the company has locked in the 10-year agreement with Nintendo that will bring Call of Duty to Nintendo devices, quote, the same day as Xbox, with full features and content parity, end quote. What does this all mean, Pablo? Is this more posturing by Xbox? Is this pettiness towards Sony? Does this even matter? What What is
1: this, and what does this mean? It's posturing and pettiness <laughs> towards Sony. I, it's, <laughs> look, I... I don't. I know a lot of Nintendo fans. Like specifically, all I play is Nintendo. I play Switch games, and nobody wants to Call, call of Duty on that console. Nobody's clamoring for it. I don't Look, know it's, about it's nobody. Cool I have- don't know about
0: nobody. It's not ideal, I mean, but. Uh,
1: it's not ideal but i'm saying people who play switch people who don't own a playstation people who don't own an xbox who specifically own nintendo games and have 500 hours into mario kart uh, uh eight and have like a thousand hours into smash and zelda like those people are not out here clamoring for uh, a call of duty game like it's not it's now it's cool that it's happening i think it's weird that there's again xbox is putting themselves in a weird position where now they're ex they're call of duty games have to not only run on the S, but on a fucking nintendo console like that's fucking weird um so i i just think this is them kind of like sharing the wealth and showing us we are committed to uh sharing the biggest franchise in the world to nintendo platforms because we are not going to uh hoard this uh this con- this uh, franchise we're not going to keep it all to ourselves i think it's a lot of that going on i think nintendo has nothing to lose and everything to gain with this announcement so so why not sign this agreement? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's just it, it, that's what it feels like to me. I don't, I don't know, and I'm trying to think of any way that this makes sense for Xbox wh- like, uh, uh, outside of the what's happening now with them trying to acquire um, Activision Blizzard. So it just, it just feels like, see, see, we're sharing, we're sharing. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know what other kind of things that they're gaining out of this, but yeah, that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, to be completely honest, I'm less interested in the Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard factor, and I'm more interested in the Nintendo side because I don't think this kicks in until the next Nintendo console's out. Um, obviously, just because of the development time, I think it's just going to end up riding into the next Switch successors' launch. And it makes me more curious about that console's hardware, right? Because. Right. To achieve parity, the gap of of hardware specs that we've seen, you know, through the Switch compared to where we're at now with, like, PS5, Series X, it's just not doable, right? To your point. Like, I can't, you, you can't... I mean, you can, but it's going to look like Vaseline. You know what I mean? It's going to look like Cataracts out here. Like, Apex Legends... That last
1: Call of Duty game looked crazy. When
0: they put Apex out there. Remember that? Like, it looked so bad yeah, that it yeah. was actually making you play worse at the game. Yeah. So, like, you can't do that. So, I'm... I wonder if this supports um, a hope of mine that the next Nintendo console. I don't expect it to be of the same caliber as PS Five Series X, but maybe, maybe just shy of that, somewhere in like the Series X, a uh, Series S rather, that that level of hardware capability. Um, so that they can actually make this game work on Nintendo in the most painless way possible. So you're not spending more development costs tr- trying to fit the square peg through the round hole, so to speak. And yep. it, it's a bit of an easier port to Nintendo consoles because they have new hardware to, to, to back it up. That's pretty much my only angle in all of this that I'm interested in. Otherwise, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm so tired of the posturing from Xbox. I'm tired of... Look at how weak we are as a company and, you know, like a lot of other stuff they've been doing lately that just feels really obnoxious at this point. Um, where Whatever. Like, put it wherever you want. I don't give a fuck. Just let's let's get focused again on what actually matters, which is getting these games out and making sure they're good. And I don't care where you put it. You can put it on the fucking Ouya
1: for all I care. Yeah. Just, just shut the fuck up for a little while. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I just... Yeah, I agree, but I also think that it's kind of one of those things where, like, they, they are that entire thing that's happening is such in the public eye now that they have to make these comments because they have to combat whatever place Sony's trying to do for them. So, it, but they are the ones that come off. The most annoying because they're on the defense the whole time. And so, uh, a defensive the whole time. So, that I get why that it, it, it is annoying. And this shit like this is annoying it's, as hell. It's but. like
0: the politician that goes and volunteers just for the photo op. Like, and you know, yeah, it, it yeah. just feels the same to me in that way. Like,
1: all and, right. they kinda, and they kind of, and they have to, I guess, but it, it just, yeah. And, and the whole Nintendo, uh, your, your kind of wish for it to be a more powerful console. I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibility. Uh, Nintendo has done it before. They've released yeah. really powerful consoles. Uh, they haven't fully taken advantage of those, uh, but I I think that it'd be smart for them to not only have a very powerful console because now they can actually have the next uh, successor of Switch be another long tenured uh, uh, console in terms of its existence and then have more third-party support, which would, absolutely help it uh, you know it's not gonna hurt it that's mm-hmm. for sure yeah. uh but yeah
0: all right let's move on to our last uh hit point item this week Pablo go ahead and kick us off
1: yeah uh so we are now past the halfway point of the last of a series on HBO uh just kind of wanted to gather our thoughts here now that we were, we're halfway through here uh what do we think about the season so far is it everything we hope for everything that we hope it would be uh is there anything that could be better what are the things that we'd like dislike about the game versus the show marco what do you think
0: um overall i think this is a really good show um and i know that's like super profound right but i think it's a great show (laughs) and i think it's a great show for all the reasons that everybody's been saying it's a great show good writing yeah um you know the budget definitely looks like it paid off um it just has really well paced well acted um stays faithful in a way that feels good for a fan of the game first, but also feels good for people who are new to this whole IP. Um, so the, the, the most criticism I can give this is is super granular, but just stuff that I think kind of irks me a little bit. And I think really there's only one thing, if I'm being honest, that that bothers me, but it is a pretty prominent thing because I think it's kind of Joel, to be honest with you. Um, I don't really, I don't really know if I like this rendition of Joel. and I think he's acted well. I love Pedro's rendition of him I think he's doing exactly what he should do for the kind of character they want TV Joel to be. yeah yeah the problem is I just don't like the way that they've created Joel as this weak uh, half deaf old past his prime version of himself that is afraid and having panic attacks and tearing up and sobbing to his brother like that to me is a little bit too much of an extreme. Compared to the Joel from the game, which was much more bitter and angry and he was more rigid and resentful of the situation. So I think a lot of that, those changes kind of make it weakens the breakthroughs that he's having with Ellie throughout this uh, season. Because he never really seemed like he was too much of a dick in the first place. So him warming up to Ellie throughout the season so far, it doesn't feel the same as it did in the game where it was like, man, I didn't think these two were ever going to get along. And now they kind of like each other. Um, You could always sort of see it in the TV series a little bit more. So I think that they've softened him a little bit more than I think I like, to be honest. But it doesn't get in the way. It doesn't make the show bad. It doesn't make the writing bad. It doesn't ruin anything it just feels like i i think that he's a little bit more of a toothless rendition of joel than i would have liked personally but that's that is very compared to how awful most game adaptations are the fact that that's all i can really say is pretty damn good so i overall i'm enjoying this a lot
1: yeah as a as a fan of the game, I, I, I appreciate the difference, even with Joel, because it's it, it keeps me on my toes a little bit in terms of what I am expecting versus what's actually uh, being shown on the show itself, you know? Uh, I have a I had a certain expectation about the Joel and Ellie relationship, and while it's uh, pretty much the same, there's that difference with Joel and him being a little bit more softer, uh, and I think, like you said, I think that's the way he was written, I think it's I, I think it benefits the show more than than not just because uh, it gives your main character that guy you're he is the main character along with uh, with uh, Bella Ramsey who's playing Ellie uh, I gives him a little bit more to do rather than just be this gruff kind of I don't give a shit about anything kind of guy who eventually does break down uh, but because it is a, a, a prestige TV show and they there's a lot of acting involved in the way they train there's a lot of those moments there that, that are, are are done for like the TV adaptation they are done for TV purposes and I and and I, and I do enjoy that. Um, I wonder if this is going to be a little bit of an opposite uh, kind of approach, where Joel was very hardened and and then so- and then got very soft towards the end in terms of his feelings for for um, for Ellie. I wonder if Joel's going to find that in him to, to keep, keeps failing, and he even says I have even failing in my sleep, like I, I wake up and I feel like I'm losing something. Like I, I wonder if there's going to be a a, a redemption arc to that in terms of how he's uh, how he builds himself up to then finally quote unquote in his eyes save Ellie you know and I think maybe they'll, they'll go opposite in that way but ultimately I feel there are a lot of changes that they've been made in terms of the story uh, quick spoilers here uh, last episode they showed uh, a part not really a spoiler but they showed a part of the game that you don't see till part two uh, of the uh, of um, of the Last of Us, which is the city, uh, the, it, where all this takes place. Little changes like that seem extreme certain things that they've done seem but i think they work really well uh ultimately for just kind of bringing more context into the story and building out that world uh giving uh ellie and joel something to look forward to after they feel like after their mission is complete something they can come back home to something that you really didn't know what was going to happen at the end of the first show uh uh, the game until the end where they're standing over jackson but i like the fact that there's giving them purpose uh giving them uh, the hope of what's to come after they complete their mission you know uh, so things like that I think those changes are really are done really well uh, and casting with um, Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal for me uh, they really work I, I think Ellie's the one that's grown on me the most uh, I was a little iffy at first about her and the more uh, the show goes on I feel like she's basically Ellie from the from the video game uh, and it's and it's working really really well for me yeah,
0: yeah, I have no complaints about her al- at all. Actually, I've always liked how she's portrayed that character, um, and just her own spin on some of Ellie's, you know, sass and her quirkiness, and um, you know, I think she's she's brought that through really, really well um, throughout this uh, season so far. I think where I'm most curious to see how she evolves is where. Like the part two story arc goes with her becoming more angry and more re- more yeah. vengeful, and how do you take this this actor and and pull that into the mix now and how does that how does that mesh um because right now she's still kind of carefree happy-go-lucky ellie and you know we know that's not going to stay the same after you know what we saw in the game so it'll be interesting to see how she evolves um you know through through the the tv series but yeah solid ass series man I'm, I'm enjoying it i look forward to it every time a new episode drops i'm already dreading the fact that it's going to be ending um, yep. pretty soon so looking forward to it and um man i'm i'm more curious than ever uh about what they do next yeah. with the story
1: i i'm curious too but i'm i'm so not looking forward to the discourse when it comes to casting uh, abby for yeah. uh for season two yeah uh, that's the, just gonna be in, literally to the person, that, again. The
0: person that, that 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 offered her face model is getting death threats to this day yeah it's insane
1: she's stream she's a streamer now she does stream yeah. uh yeah. video games and stuff like that and she's consistently constantly being berated for just being for looking like abby <laughs> it's,
0: it's it's god it's so toxic gaming community is the worst community ever i've said it before i'll say it again I,
1: I, it, it's right there with the rest of the wrestling community, but I agree. Man. Yeah,
0: A and B, right there. Um, but let's go yep. ahead and move on, Pablo. Uh, let's get into the main event of the show that we call the Checkpoint Chat. Let's go. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, so we've been doing uh, a fair amount of lists over the last few episodes, just kind of talking through some of our... The games that make us kind of scratch our heads a little bit, uh, you know, either for one reason or another. And this is kind of uh, another spin on that, but an interesting one, because I don't think we've ever really dabbled in um, franchises from this particular angle. And that angle is these are the franchises that we respect, we admire, we have no you know, issue with. We don't hate them. We just don't get them. For some reason, right. these franchises just don't click with us for what, for whatever reason. Um, and maybe we can or can't put a finger on why. So we're going to each recite the five games that we've picked, um, respectively, or five franchises, rather, that we think are kind of, that meet that, that criteria of just, I don't know what it is. I just can't get into that. Uh, and we'll talk about why. Uh, and, and fair warning, if you're, if you're easily triggered by... Uh, opposing opinions about some of your most beloved franchises. Um, maybe not for the faint at heart. Uh, some games and on also- our list here. <laughs>
1: And also listen to the words that are coming out of our mouths. We're saying we respect these yes, franchises. This is not like we understand yeah. why people like these franchises, but we doesn't. They don't click for us. Yeah. So relax.
0: Yeah, take it Calm easy, down. man. We're not saying that your our taste in games are better than yours, or you know,
1: it, they are. They are though. But
0: uh, that's not what <laughs> See, we're saying
1: out loud. We're just saying that in our heads. Cold piece <laughs> of work, man.
0: Cold piece of work is what he is. Uh, but, Pop, let's go ahead and get this thing started, man. Why don't you give us your first franchise that you yeah.
1: respect but you just don't get? I went audible here when we're talking about uh, Lyrian, and I actually went ahead and added Divinity, specifically the Divinity Original Sin uh, sequels. Uh, I Look, RPG, sim RPG even, uh, you know, I, everything about this game, when you look at kind of what it is and what it's trying to do, should be my kind of game. Mm-hmm. And every time I've tried to play Divinity Original Sin and then they go, no Divinity Original Sin 2 is a much better game. I <laughs> tapped into that, played a couple hours. I just can't, I just can't get past a couple of hours. I just can't do it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about this game specifically that it just doesn't Grab me, and there's a story there, and it's super interesting. But the gameplay is is good as well. But it's just I don't know. It's just I. There's something about it that just nothing ever comes together to a point where I am all in on this game, and I should be. I honestly should be. It should just be right up my alley. It should be probably among one of my favorite games of all time. But I just can't get into it, man. No matter what I do, no matter how much I try, it's not a series that I can actually, uh, you know, really. Really, really play and get into in the ways that I would love to. but yeah, that that's the first one for me.
0: I admire I, the writing. I admire the depth. I admire the scale of this series. Yeah, but I totally agree. I think this game, for me, through no fault of its own, just translated as boring. Yeah, that's what it was. And, I, and yeah. that's the most respectful, boring I can possibly give to a game because I know that it's doing things really, really well. But yeah. damn, that game put me to sleep, and I tried my ass off to get into that series, man.
1: And I guess that's what I was avoiding to calling it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I don't want it to call because it gets another yeah.
0: respect thing, and I respect it, but I also have to you know be honest about my feeling yeah. playing it. I'm like, ah, yeah, man, yeah. this is just putting me putting me to sleep now. And,
1: and that's what it was. It's just going through that, and 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 you know. Having to learn those systems is one thing; I'm okay with that. But then, the pacing of the story, and then you you mix that with the depth of the of the combat system and everything else, and that's just slowly being trickled in. It's just a slow pour of sleepy time. But <laughs> I do think that Divinity, what they do, is is absolutely amazing, and I am looking forward to Baldur's yeah. Gate. You know, so we'll see what they do.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let me go ahead and start with mine. Here's a franchise I respect, but I just don't get. And I kind of talked about this uh, in a previous episode, but I, I'm going to go ahead and use it here. I got Monster Hunter on my list, Pablo. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of systems and mechanics and depth, Monster Hunter has it in spades, man. I mean, it's they've spent years and years and iteration upon iteration refining and perfecting this formula. And boy, is it popular especially in Japan. Um, Definitely popular here, but Japan's where it's at, right? Oh, yeah. Um, So this game is clear. this, This series is clearly not bad. It's clearly of a certain quality that people enjoy and people love and are obsessed with and get addicted to. But every single time I have tried to, okay, let me not play anything else. Let me block everything else off but Monster Hunter and let me get into this and see what it's about i just can't get i can't get into <laughs> it man it just feels like yeah. there's just something intrinsic to what that game is made from it's, it's core dna that just goes over my head because i'm i get into the combat and i'm like okay i did all that preparation we did we, we did the hunting and now we're here here's the monster okay this is okay i'm just fighting the monster i'm fighting monsters And it's just something about like the depth and all the stuff that that's there with it. I just completely lose sight of that. And it's like, all right, well, I did all that to just do what I do in any other action game. And again, I'm not tearing it down. It's just I can't. Well, I don't appreciate what what the, the, the extent in which it goes as much as the fans of that series do.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of preparation, a lot of in-depth battle systems in play. And then when I'm out there actually battling the monster, it just feels like a bad version of an action uh, slasher. You know? Right, uh, right. So that's kind of how I feel about these games all around. I think that Monster Hunter World was the best version of that. Uh, But I think ultimately the game is, I would say, overtly complicated. Mm. And I guess that's the charm of it. Uh, and then when it comes down to the nitty gritty of the actual gameplay of it, it just feels a little bit kind of obtuse in a way that doesn't really feel fun to play. So I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know
0: why you grunted out nitty gritty like that. Nitty gritty. I was
1: doing the okay. natural libre thing. All right. Yeah. Um, so my next game is. <laughs> I get a little spicy here. Um, a game that I absolutely respect. Franchise, the a whole franchise. So just. Just the whole, whole franchise in general. Yes. Yeah. It's Ratchet and Clank. Um, to me, the franchise has always felt like a jack of a bunch of trades and a master of none in that decent combat, decent platforming that for me never comes together to feel great one way or the other. Um, and I think that's the whole base of the game. They, they, they want to be part uh, battles, uh, part shooter, pa- uh, part platformer. I get that. I just never feels great for me and it's uh, titular characters are memorable ratchet and clank being that it just never reached the highs of other platformers in the same genre for me like i am a um sly cooper fan i find the sly cooper games to be a little bit better because of the concept of what they're trying to do and how they're sticking to that concept now people might find that not as good or as fun as ratchet and clank i respect that i i think that's i think that's valid uh but there are certain blandness uh to the games that i also can't shake um in just many ways, it's just it just never feels great to play. I will say the last one, um the, the one that came off PS5, well, I forgot the name of that. One. Uh yeah, was an absolute looker, man. That game looked amazing, played amazing, but ultimately for me, just kind of felt uh just fell in that kind of the combat is cool, it looks cool, it's just not very in depth. The 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 platforming is fine, it's just not very in depth. So it just never feels like it ever comes together or for me, for sure. I know it's, it, I'm a, a minor, a minor, minority on this for sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I'm at with this game.
0: Yeah. This is, uh, what evil is on podcast form, man. <laughs> this is what it is right here. Um, this is when you attack friendships. Um, you make fun of Marco. <laughs> I'm not
1: saying it's bad, you know? No, it, no, I, I know. Re- I'm just playing highly
0: respectable, I'm just playing. but it's
1: just not my kind of mascot
0: platformer. No, it's not your cup of chai tea and that's all right. I mean, look, yeah. here's the thing. Um, I obviously love Ratchet & Clank. I've, I've always mm-hmm. been a fan of Ratchet, um, although I was a bit of a late bloomer uh, when I got into it. I, then I got into it pretty hard. And it's to me, I think there's a lot of things that it does that I, I don't think that it, it, it's trying to be profound in, in a way where it's trying to do innovative things with the platforming genre. I do think that it is just a really solid-ass um, world and with great characters and fun gameplay. And I, I think that simplicity is refreshing when the new games come around because as we know in the current climate of gaming like so many games are trying to be a live service or they're trying to pull you into a pve co-op thing and you know so when games like ratchet and clank come along it feels the simplicity feels refreshing to me and um i always love that as like a palate cleanse um You know, anytime they come out, but I understand from your perspective, though, why it's like not.
1: But I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. It's just like when you like a Mario game, for example, there is a simplicity to Mario games that are that you can play the whole game. with that simple platforming in mind, but there there's, you can go in depth if you wanted to, there are certain things you can do in that game that are like blow people's minds. And I, and I feel like Ratchet and Clank does, doesn't give you the, the opportunity to do that. And, and again, just to go back to Sly Cooper, Sly Cooper is committed to its vision being a thief and, and kind of like sneaking around. And that's the platforming that they kind of uh, take advantage of. And there's like a theme to that. I just feel like Ratchet and Clank is just like, shoot them, shoot them up, jump around. And I, and there is a, a, a like you said, there's simplicity to that. That is commendable, and I agree. Any ratchet clan game that come out, I'll probably play it. It's just not. It's just. It's just. I don't get how people are like your affinity for it. I just don't get mm-hmm. that. But again, res- highly respectable franchise, yep. no doubt about it.
0: All right, trigger warning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh my god! Next game, next franchise, rather I keep saying game. Next franchise that I respect that I respect and that I respect, but I just don't get God of war.
1: Now real quick. Yes. Is this all of the games? I was just going to clarify. One? Okay. All right. Sorry.
0: It's all of them. Things. Okay. All of them. And I didn't want to admit that for the longest time, longest time. Um, I thought most of my critiques and concerns and issues were with new age God of war. um, and I'd say that if I had to kind of give a ratio to that, that's probably still true. i probably have more issues with new God of War than I do old God of War. But I think the problem holistically with God of War to me is that um, it's just, uh, while I love the grandeur and I love the their, their telling of the Greek gods and obviously transitioning into Norse mythology um, and the way that they brought those stories to life, I think that... It's been a tale of extremes, tonally, that has just made me never really connect with the series at all. In the beginning, it was overly angry, angsty, yelly, screamy, um, bloodbath type of stuff. And I'm not a prude by any means when it comes to gore or things like that, but it just felt so overly abundant in the original games that I couldn't really get to know Kratos as a character I didn't get to know his past as well as I wanted to because it felt like it was always tucked away behind the here's the gory shit you can do in the game you can rip this guy <laughs> completely in half you know and in that era back in back in the day that was cool that was the quote unquote badass thing about gaming right but it just felt a little immature to me um even for somebody that's kind of cool with that kind of stuff then you get into the new god of war right? much more methodical, slower, more in-depth storytelling, more emotional, for sure. And I would, you would think, okay, well, if that was your problem with the original games, then you should love New God of War. But I almost think they oversteered. I think that the New God of War era has been overly emotional, to the point where a lot of characters, including Kratos, to me, is a bit unrecognizable. Uh, it's it's too stark of a contrast compared to old Kratos. You know, um, I think some of the writing, I know people, you know, swear high and low. It's one of the best written games ever, especially the most recent one, Ragnarok. I don't think so. I think that there's definitely some holes in their game with when it comes to writing and characterization that um, made the game a little obnoxious in a different way, especially when it comes to Atreus. I just think that he, as the flag bearer or the future character that carries the torch moving forward at some point in the future. It's just not where I think the series should go. And I I dread the day when that finally happens, the shoe drops and Kratos is out of the picture because I don't know I don't know how God of War survives that to be completely honest. Um yeah. it will, obviously, because people love the series, but it won't because you know, Atreus is he's different. Right. So I think overall, I don't hate the series. And I think, you know, that's the misconception I think that came from our game of the year deliberations. I don't hate Ragnarok. I just think that from top to bottom, this series has always eluded me in terms of what it's trying to actually do, um, what it's trying to get me excited about, the story it's trying to tell, and the characters it's trying to tell it with always just for some reason misses me. So I just don't get it. I know that was a long speech, but I wanted to make sure, because it's God of War, right? So I had to kind of yeah. get in the trenches there a little bit, but that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, my, my next game is, uh, it's a pretty popular series, uh, but I don't think I'm alone in saying that I feel like, I respect Devil May Cry, but I just don't get it. Um, and it, it, and again, Mar- Marco is a huge fan of Devil May Cry, but I think he would agree, in, in some, there's a lot of bad in these series as well. But and I and I'm the weird one where I don't think DMC I, I don't add DMC into this cuz I really like DMC uh but in terms of the series itself like 1 through 5 I I I think that those games are fine. I came into them pretty late. Um I think I came into it in 3. I did go back and, and try 1. It's time just wasn't kind to that game anyway. But going to 3, 4 and 5 and maybe that's just kind of painted my my opinion about the series in, in a in the in in the wrong light. But I just never found those games to be particularly interesting. Um, I think that the stories, the stories sometimes they get a little bit not complex, but they get really weird uh, in a way where it's not interesting. The combat is fun, but I never really found the combat to be as interesting as people make it out to be. Like, mm. or as, int- or as as, as in-depth as people want or, or say, say it is. Specifically, specifically the five, where there's a lot you can do in that game, but it just becomes really repetitive. I think all the series throughout really suffer when it comes to uh, level design. Maybe not one. One was probably more interesting because of one maybe was coming from it was going to be a Resident Evil game and it has kind of that darkness. Exactly. The yep. level design is yep. really nice. But everything else, it just really suffers. Like, bloody gutty disgusting looking hell zone and it's like okay you can play here for a couple of hours bloody it, gutty. it just it, it- bloody gutty buddy uh but uh yeah it just for me it just there's a lot of bombast in the series but there's not a lot there uh when it comes to uh i guess it's a little lame when it comes to the heart of the franchise itself but it just it's a series that i try and try and try and um i never can make the devil cry you know but uh ultimately for me (laughs) it's just not a series that i really enjoy and i wanted to add it on this list specifically because i um I, I when looking through kind of do some research people really love Devil May Cry man and I just don't get it yeah. uh, but I respect it I think that it does a lot of cool things uh, but not ultimately it's not uh, it's not a cohesive uh, series for me yeah and that's
0: because Capcom wasn't cohesive for a long time you know yeah. they had their shitty yeah. era where it was like man they can't make a good game to save their lives they're ruining everything they're ruining Resident Evil mm-hmm. you know so Devil May Cry was you know sucking ass through a straw for a long time man and then, you know, they, they recouped enough. But like I said in the other episode we did, um, Devil May Cry just, you know, it's kind of forgettable as hell. So I, I understand why it's here. And I think you're not alone mm-hmm. in this, too. It's just I think a lot of people are too afraid to say it because it's Devil May Cry and there's history yeah. and lineage there. But, yeah, I mean, they kind of blew their own momentum by having so many bad yeah. games peppered in throughout the series. So I, I understand it. I understand it. Um, do you understand why Banjo-Kazooie is on my list pablo do you know
1: bro you brother you have no idea that was on my list for the long really i'm with you all the way on this I'm right with you on
0: this yeah banjo kazooie for me um man i don't have anything against this game i think it was cool that it was there it was obviously the peak platformer era for you know the n64 was you know banging when it came to that stuff i just think that banjo kazooie to me felt like a non-starter in a lot of ways you know like i felt like there were more superior experiences available um i didn't really care too much for the characters at all i felt like the gameplay was pretty average not bad it didn't really you know it wasn't offensively bad in any kind of way i just thought it was kind of bland um so i i guess it never really caught me the way that it did for a lot of fans um It's I get it's it feels like the the game everybody wants to come back, but no one really knows why. Um, And maybe that just means that I don't understand it enough. So that's why I put it on the list. Um, I'm not offended that it existed or that it was popular. I just think that um, to me, in the grand scheme of what platformers were at the time, it didn't feel all that remarkable. And some people are going to be yelling at me through the their their speakers right now that's great and it's because it did this this and that did you even play it you know yeah i did and it this wasn't it for me but i respect it i respect it
1: I, it's not on my list because the list very specifically states here that you have to respect the franchise in order for it to be oh, on wow. this. I don't respect Banjo Kazooie. I, <laughs> I I think Banjo Kazooie is right there with the F Zero fans. Like, you know how you know I know you're lying is, or how you think that Banjo Kazooie is in parity with Mario because there's been 972 Mario games and there's been two three Banjo Kazooie games. Like, look, I understand it's a at its time. It probably was imp- it, it, it was impressive at its time, but it didn't age well. Even and even when it did come out, it just wasn't very fun to me to play. I just I never I played I rented that game like seven times, and I was like, I hey, damn, there's something here because people keep talking about it. My my Nintendo power keeps praising. That's it, what that I were, saw. Yeah, I'm like,
0: that's got to be yeah, something so, good about it. No. Yeah, no.
1: And then the Xbox 360 version was just not good. I, 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 I am a firm believer that that game sucks. Uh, to be wow, shots um,
0: fired, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I really, broken. I do, because Kazoos there's people busted. out there who, I mean, there's there's people out there that say Banjo Kazooie is better. Banjo Kazooie is better than Mario sixty four. Like there 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 is a contingent of people who are blind and cannot see. Uh, that's what blind means. <laughs> They're um, blind
0: and they can't see. You understand? Yeah, me, both yeah. yeah. Of
1: them. It's like uh, somebody got be uh, their head got beheaded. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But look, it's just it's one of those weird things where I don't get Banjo-Kazooie and I don't respect the franchise. But I I I'm glad that someone one of us uh in this team here does respect <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie cuz uh you know, maybe they then maybe they won't come for us fully. Oh my god. Uh, All
0: right, yeah. man. You're up next. What do you got?
1: Elder Scrolls. Everybody who knows me uh knows that I love Bethesda games. I just don't get Elder Scrolls and I respect the shit out of it. I'm telling you, I've tried Skyrim many, many times on many, many platforms and not five minutes. I'm talking about 10 hours on the switch, 10 hours on the PlayStation, 10 hours on the Xbox. You can look that up. That is factual. And I still don't get it. Like I, I don't, I don't enjoy the main story and people go, well, it's not really about the main story. It's really about the side quest. I don't really, I, I, I am not a fan of games that make you look for fun. Like, I I want to play the main line, and I want to kind of get to it. If I find a side quest that is intriguing, cool, and if, if somebody says, you got to try this side quest, I'll go out and look for it. But if people are telling me, well, don't really play the main story Go outside of that to find the fun in Skyrim. I'm, I'm not. You already lost me. That's just not going to be a thing that I'm going to do. Um, I don't like the combat. I don't think it feels great, and that has nothing to do with how it aged. I'm talking about day one when it came out. Um, Morrowind, not a fan. Uh, I'm not a fan of any of the of the uh, uh, of the Elder Scrolls games, um, though. I respect it to the point where I'm excited for Elder Scrolls Six in terms of what mm-hmm. they're going to do for that. Maybe idiotically because i'm not a fan of the series like that so but i do respect it i understand what it's done for the genre i understand what it's done for gaming i appreciate that it exists i love that it exists i think that you know without that we might not have gotten the witcher threes and twos how expansive and what they're trying to do with that i understand it's i understand what it's done for video games and that's why i respect it fully probably the game that i respect the most on the list but also really in terms of how i play games it's just not. It's just not for me. I just. I just can't do it. I've never been able to get into it, and that's where I'm at with Elder Scrolls.
0: Yeah, it's tough, man. Because a lot, in a lot of ways, it feels like it's also a setting issue too for some people. Yeah. Um, like if yeah. you took the same formula, and I mean, you, you make it post-apocalyptic, you, you kind of get Fallout.
1: Hey. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I
0: love That, that sounds amazing. You put it in space, you might get Starfield, right? Oh you might fuck around and get Starfield. Sure. So, you know, I think a lot of it is setting and. Um, Admittedly, I've gone back and forth about the series too because of, you know, high fantasy can get a little stale for me. It's like, how many different ways do you want to see an old high fantasy setting with dragons and orcs or whatever the fuck they are? And, you know, it's the same thing. It's just called something else in most of these franchises. And I think it's not Elder Scrolls' fault that it's doing that. I don't fault games for being high fantasy, but I do think that plays a small factor in the interest. Uh, that I've had in the series over the years Skyrim just has, just so happened to click for me and, I, and I, I've played it everywhere and I've enjoyed it everywhere but I can understand why it's like man this just kind of feels like the same story I've heard in every other high fantasy IP ever you know so it's I think it's a combination of gameplay like you said and just go finding your fun but also like alright I don't know how many more times I can see this happen again in a high fantasy game but alright a dragon burned a village cool you know yeah, so
1: it, it's all about execution. Because look, Elder Scrolls is high fan. I mean, um, Elden Ring is uh, high, high fantasy, fantasy and Witcher. that's absolutely and got incredible. The, the, the Witcher, the like, yeah. yeah. Witcher is more like yeah, yeah, even the Witcher is more like there's a there's a reality to Witcher, like more grounded, mm-hmm. like war torn, mm-hmm. high fantasy that I that really uh, I like. But yeah, um, and look, go find your fun. That is a staple among many open world sim uh games like you know I, and that's okay but if the main thing the main attraction is not the thing you need to do in order to get the best out of the game or it just feels i just it never really think
0: yeah but yeah yeah that's probably yeah for me it just it's like the blurring of like dragon age and elder scrolls and this one and that one and that one and they all just yeah. kind of run yeah, together yeah. in my brain after a while but and it's neither here nor there um next game next franchise oh my god when am i going to stop saying game instead of franchise okay Dragon Quest I love JRPGs to pieces man I grew up on them the heyday man I was there for all of them played all even the bad ones I was down for the bad ones for whatever fucking reason man Dragon Quest just (laughs) is boring sleep fuel that I have played some tropey ass games in the JRPG space. I love the E series. I love a lot of the Tales of games. I love a lot of that stuff. For whatever reason out there, Dragon Quest never connects with me. No matter what I try, I think it's a combination of if I had if I had to diagnose why, I think the art style that Dragon Ball looking shit from the guy that obviously did that. I think right. There's that factor. I just don't like the art style. I don't like the look. I think the combat system is kind of average. It doesn't really do a lot of creative things. Where I think JRPGs have evolved a lot over the years, and it feels like Dragon Quest wants to be the you know the old school turn-based JRPG, and that's great. I love those too, but they're just not very dynamic um, in terms of combat systems. I think the storytelling to me gets very bland very fast. And so while I acknowledge the quality is there and I know like this is a sturdy fucking built JRPG and I get why Famitsu loves it and why it's got nines and tens all over all over the place. I can see the quality, but I just can't get into it, man. Uh, For some reason, these just go way over my head and I'm like, I am so bored and I don't want to be, but I am.
1: I think for me it's the Arsa. I tried Dragon Quest Eleven uh, fairly recently, you know, I think last year or even the year before that, because it was on Game yeah. Pass, and I was like, "Oh, I, this game looks creepy." I it just
0: the eyes it just are all l- fucking weird, and he- yeah. they all got big, head, big forehead ass people, man.
1: And that's and that's a, I guess that's a silly criticism on my part, but when there's so much, J- so many JRVGs jockeying for your my time, and they're not they're not you're not getting in there for a five minute for a five hour experience these are lengthy 30 exactly. 40, 50 hour experiences yeah. if you can't get me up front then it's going to be hard for me to 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 stick with it and nothing dragon quest has ever done has enticed me or been interest interested me in playing the series at all i've never was a tales of uh fan until arise and that did enough to get me into it you know like it did something and just dragon quest has never been a game that's done anything that's interested me in any way for me to check it out for more than like 15 20 minutes so
0: yeah yeah i feel you i feel you all right what's your last yeah. game
1: my last one is not surprisingly it's metroid um i never a fan of the metroid games played them on the snes i honestly completely lost didn't understand what i was doing maybe that's a skill issue on my end uh you know with, with uh it, more what solidified all of this is i think is 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 last year's or the year before uh was it dread last year dread
0: i think it was 2021
1: uh, yeah 2021's dread where it was a callback to those games and i'm like okay i'm gonna go and play this now because i understand what this game is trying to do i very much uh get it and then i in getting into it just not very interested in it at all whether that's a quality issue or just kind of i'm not a metroid fan uh it's it's just that's where i'm at with it i i feel like you know being a, a nintendo kid uh, I feel like this is a huge gap in my gaming, uh, you know, history. But it's just a genre. It's just a genre, really. It's the genre issue that I really can't get into past a couple of hours of playing it. Um, I don't think I'm including Metroid Prime in this because I haven't really played a lot of Metroid Prime to begin with. Uh, i Or really giving it a fair shake yeah. to... To, to understand whether it's me or, or it's for me or it's not but this is more of the original Metroid side scrolling oh, uh yeah. Metroid uh yeah, yeah side scrolling I, I I also look at the the games and there's a lot of bad games there's a lot of bad Metroid games as well so you know I add I factor into that uh plus the factor that into it plus the fact that I'm just not a fan of what this game is doing at all that it's just it's one of the things it's kind of a bummer really because I really would love to to, to to love this game. I would love to to go back and, and experience it um and 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 be like, man, this is a missed gem. It's like f- feeling like going back to uh Mario Super Mario Bros. 3 that I've let's say I never I did play, it, but let's say I never played it, and going back to that and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I've I've missed this. I tried that mm-hmm. with Metroid uh, uh returns and it's' it just can't does never clicks and that's it's it's almost it's disappointing honestly but yeah I respect the hell out of it it's just not for me and I just don't get it well for you
0: as a go n- not someone who likes to go find your fun formula this is kind of a derivative of that because it's like go find your yeah. power up and then go backtrack and go find Ugh, where that sounds go open that door that you couldn't before until you got this power up the problem is I think that's where it loses a lot of people um, because it, when you don't know what to do next you're just kind of roaming around and you've been to the same room. Five Five times you're like i don't know and oh there's the door but it's purple now and i don't have a thing that opens up purple doors and so you just don't have that don't have the
1: patience that yeah.
0: loop of like getting lost but having fun while being lost is something that it doesn't connect with a lot of people for the this this genre um and I'm even surprised that I enjoy it in some ways because I don't. I, I like feeling like I'm moving the needle when I'm playing a game, yeah, and I feel like yeah, a lot yeah. of times it's hard to feel that way with Metroids and Castlevanias and stuff like that. Even even Hollow Knight. Um, Hollow Knight. But I do think the quality is there uh, overall. I just think it's a mishandling from Nintendo, like not knowing what to do with a sci-fi franchise that's really trying to be a sci-fi franchise. that doesn't fit the portfolio right. when you think about it um i almost wish they would outsource it and you know let yeah. let somebody else make it and put it on multiple consoles or something like that because it's 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 got something there samus is a is is she's dope as shit she's a oh yeah baddie oh, yeah. alert you know what i mean but <laughs>
1: <laughs> batty, yaddy, batty, yaddy.
0: <laughs> but um yeah man i i do get it though i do get it it's 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 not for everybody and it's totally okay um but yeah i i get why it's there um Last franchise I got on my list, Pablo, is Doom. Talk about history. We want to talk about like legacy franchises, industry-defining franchises. It felt weird putting Doom on this list, but I kind of had to because I never, I never understood Doom, old school Doom, new school Doom, any Doom. I just don't get it. Um, I think the theme for me, if there's a through line with some of the things that I just don't click with, I think it's like the mindless, like gory for the sake of being gory, violent for the sake of being, like kind of the one I talked about with God of War in a way. Um, I've just never really bought into the Doom formula because it just feels like this is badass. Grab your gun, shoot the shit out of these demons and rip them apart, pull their eyes out from their, th- inside the throat <laughs> and feed it to them through their asshole. Like that. that's just kind of, <laughs> like, that's <clears throat> just what it, Sign me up. <laughs> it sounds atrocious. So I I'd never understand that. the gratuitous nature of it i don't mind gratuitous violence if there's context rhyme and reason behind it but the game is built the franchise is built around i don't give a fuck about the fuck these damn demons right and that's cool and that's irreverent in a way but i think it just makes me incapable of taking the franchise seriously because that's what it feels like you're doing game game to game especially the more the, the recent ones it's like all right it's a better version of what you did with the the Doom reboot, which is nice, it's cool. But I still don't get why this what what makes this formula stick to me? What makes me go, man, I love me some Doom. Are the weapons cool? Probably. Is the shotgun neat? Probably. Are the finishing animations cool? Yeah, they're cool to look at. But what is the the lack of subcontext or subtext or nuance is I think what's causing me to not connect with this franchise. It's very yeah. surface level, and that's okay. I, I, I admire that, and there's a lane for that. I guess I just need more rhyme and reason to go out there and you know wreak havoc like you do in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh I, I would almost uh kind of use the same argument that you use when it came to Ratchet and Clank, the simplicity of it all. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I think Doom Three was a game that was trying to do too much with the franchise, it was trying to take it to a a place that it just wasn't this irreverent punk rock Fuck demons, just shoot them up. And I think that Doom Three was kind of a low point for them. And I think that with Doom Twenty Sixteen and, and, and uh, Doom Eternal, I think they came back to those roots. And I and I I love those games, but I love those games because of just the simplicity of shoot this guy if, if, if he's glowing red uh, orange, do a melee, get health back. Going blue, get heals back. Like or or, or or ammo. I I love the simplicity of that. Mm-hmm. There's not much to this game. Very I, hollow, I think Yeah. That, yeah, I think anytime you say this game is punk rock, it's automatic cringe because <laughs> it's just when you claim punk rock, you're not punk rock, right? That's kind of how it mm-hmm. is. But I think that the game does pull off that vibe. Uh, I think it's still a little cringy. I think it's still a little bit like dad, dad thinking this is cool. Like, hey, this is awesome, yeah. you know? I but I love it. I I love that campiness to it, um, and I never ever take this game serious and when I come into it it's like but it is fun it is fun to play so Mm -hmm. that's why I love Doom uh, because I guess the same reason you love Ratchet and Clank the simplicity of it kind of just like a palate cleanser almost turning your mind off to it uh, just kind of having fun though there is some complexity uh, to it if you really want that like just,
0: i think the gameplay yeah, yeah, is a little but, weird too for me like uh, that old school pc gaming like unreal tournament formula where it feels like you're like kind of ice skating instead of like trotting yeah, yeah, with yeah. your feet like there's no weight to your movement it just feels like you're like yeah. panning a camera around very like slickly and yeah i don't like that feeling at all it doesn't feel natural to me and it, it, it almost makes me a little nauseous sometimes too Yeah. No,
1: I get that. I get that too. Yeah. Um, But I, I, I think that um, for what it is, it's a good franchise, but again, it's not, you're you're saying what we're saying, you respect it as you should, because it's, it's, it's the, it's what makes it's the most popular genre right now for first person shooters. And it has a lot to do with doom. So yeah, no doubt.
0: No doubt. All right. Well, that was our list, ladies and gentlemen, of the franchises that we respect, but we just don't get. So if you didn't rage quit our show. Uh, thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for listening to us if you stuck around uh until next time uh you know what to do give our podcast a sub if you haven't already don't forget to follow us on ig twitter or hive if you want to that'd be nice and uh you know you also have our gratitude for listening to this week's show so uh until we see you again next week take it easy uh, and happy gaming catch you later Make me feel good. good.